In today's message, we'll return to the book of Philippians, where we've been preaching a series, and we are back in Philippians today. We, in our last message, we stepped out aside from it, um, but we're back in Philippians, and we'll be in Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. In today's message, we're going to talk a little bit about being anxious. Anxious. And before we read the scripture, we think of the, this word here, anxious. Have you ever been anxious? In Matthew 6.34, we're not going to necessarily turn there, but you might recall that Jesus talked about not worrying. He said, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient to the day is its own troubles. There, the same word was translated worry instead of anxious. And I think we can see where those are related. And it would seem that fear is not too far removed from, from that. You know, we've, we can't pile worry upon worry and fear upon fear. And we can even worry about worrying. Maybe you haven't reached that state yet. But when we have all that worry and we have all that fear and we have all that going on, it pulls us apart. When I say us, I mean as individuals, it pulls us as an individual apart. It affects us emotionally, affects us physically. We think about it if it keep, as we keeps us from sleep and things, we get tired. And, and uh, you may recall from the sermons we preached back in the Nehemiah, when they get tired and you get weary, you start looking at the rubble. And they were looking at the rubble. And we get tired and it becomes a cycle that I'm tired, I'm not sleeping, I'm cranky, I'm, I can't get over it. I look at the mess that I'm in and then I get back on my worries. And that snowballs into not being able to sleep, and that, less, that restlessness snowballs into more worry, more fear, that anxiousness. And we can kind of get stuck in this cycle. Paul addresses this in, in uh, related components in these, in kind of in two parts here in Philippians. Today we're going to start and look at one part, and then next week we'll look at the second part. Because if we continue on, in this passage of Scripture, we'll find in verses 8 and 9 the second part that helps us deal with that. Today, we're going to start with the first part. So we're going to go to Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7, and let's read that together. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, 
but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Rejoice in the Lord. He says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I will say, Rejoice. If we look behind that word, it's this delighting in God's grace, being glad for God's grace. There's an old song, Count Your Many Blessings, Name Them One by One. Can we not rejoice in what God has given us, but we can rejoice in that we possess the grace of God, for by grace are ye saved through faith. See, if we are living. As Christians, as children of God, within the family of God, we have something to rejoice about, and we can start there. We've accepted Christ as Savior and has His grace applied. We have, we have that hope. So we need to be in that right mindset. Rejoicing where we are at. In verse 5, let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Your gentleness or your graciousness be known to all men. You know, it's quite the witness that if we are in the midst of a challenge or a turmoil, Someone would say, how can you still be smiling? Or how can you take it in stride? We can say, the Lord is with me. The Lord helps me through this situation. We should be able to give a witness. We should be able to respond differently because we have the Lord with us. And it should strike a contrast for those that are dealing with Hard situations. And how many times have you seen someone say, I don't know how I could go through this without the Lord. But let your gentleness and graciousness be known to all men. I'm sure each one of us allow others to go in front of us through the doors or maybe hold the door for others. Is it nice when you go to a restaurant or something, somebody's holding the door for the next ones that are coming in, or when they're coming out, they just don't let the door go and slam in front of your face? I'm sure that's the same, you know, as we're getting ready to exit on the highway. You know, that person that comes along beside us, and they should have dropped in behind us, but no, they speed past us, and cut off right in front of us, and they could have just waited us. I'm sorry, that was not gentleness, was it? But have you not all felt that as you've driven along, and it's like, if they would have just waited. It might have only delayed me a second, but it's the ideal of the thing, that they cut me off. See, we seem wounded, but see, it robs us of our gentleness. I don't know how easy that is to do. <laughs> As you can see, I, I, I could relate. I jumped right in there. Even though I was acting, it was very easy. 
But see, if I am not careful, I stop rejoicing. I get distracted, which is kind of one of those related words underneath this anxiousness, is this distraction. I become less gracious and stressed. See, and with each additional worry or fear or concern, I can become more pulled apart, which is what this Greek word means at its heart, that they use anxious. It's a, I am pulled apart. And in other places, as we said, it's translated as worry. But you can kind of see how worry and anxious and fear can build and feed so we are pulled apart even more. And it's like we're trying to hold something together. And as these things start to stack on us, we just feel ourselves being pulled apart more. And we're trying to close the gap and bring everything back together and hold everything back together, but we're just pulled apart more and more and more, and the gap gets so big that we just, it's too much. We just can't get it back together. Verse 6 tells us, Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. Be anxious for nothing. Don't, be, don't allow it to pull you apart. Remember the same word Jesus talked about, don't worry about tomorrow, sufficient to the day is the evil thereof. In that same passage of Scripture, he talked about, don't worry what you're going to wear and where you're going to eat and all those kinds of things. And if you've ever been unemployed, you know those, that's when it gets real. The real things. Food and clothing. But he says, I take care of the birds. Father takes care of the birds. He'll take care of you. But be actions for nothing but by what? By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. That prayer where you say, Lord, this is what I'd like. Help me to deal with every situation that comes along today. See, I start out rejoicing. I know that I have the grace of God because I'm a Christian, if you are one. And I can say, God, just generally help me. I desire this day to be the kind of day that you'd be pleased with. Help me to deal with the trials and the struggles that I'm about to embark on. And then it says by prayer, and then by supplication, Lord, you know there's this one person I've got to deal with at work. There's this one situation I've got to deal with. There's this one health issue that I have or family has or something. Lord, help me with this one particular thing. And it says, with thanksgiving. See, with thanksgiving, I think, has this aspect of, I know God has helped me in the past, so it gives hope that he can help me here. But also, if having given it to God, I can say, Lord, thank you for taking this. Thank you for hearing me, Lord, and thank you for taking this I'm putting your hands in, I'm putting it in your hands. And I'm thanking you that you've got it. It's an extension of, I, I, 
I am thankful because I know God can handle it, and I know he will bring about the right outcome as I leave it in his hands. And even if the outcome is something I don't like, that he will help me through it. Because I desire God's will, and if it's God's will, then it's okay with me. With thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. And it says, and the peace of God. Verse 7. And the peace of God will surpass us all knowledge. Peace. This word here in the Greek kind of indicates a wholeness. Think of that contrast. The word when it talks about anxious, it talked about being pulled apart. But this word peace is talked about peace. It's this wholeness. Remember, everything keeps pulling me apart. God can bring the peace that brings it all back together. He brings the peace that can bring it all back together. And it passes understanding. I don't understand it. You know, you might have a mobile phone. And you use it. But I doubt we all know how it works. We might not even know if we have an iPhone or an Android or an iPad. or a, All you know is I pick up this thing and I call and it works. And if it doesn't work, I don't know why. But when it does work, it works. So that's the peace of God works. We don't have to understand it. We don't. We just take it. Accept it. And even when it doesn't make sense. How could God bring peace in the midst of this situation? You can experience it, even though you don't understand it. You know, in the desert times of life, when it seems like everything around us is going crazy, you can cry out to God, and there can come this blessed peace. Beautiful calm. It just comes. And in that moment, there's an, you might have an amazement. It's like the burden's gone. Can I suggest that don't try to, don't try to understand it. Don't try to explain it. Don't try to say, well, how long is it going to last? Just enjoy it. It's the inexplainable peace of God that comes. And just be thankful that he's provided it. So we cast our care upon the Lord. We go through the desert, and through the desert He trains us. And through the desert, we learn to rely more on Him. And then in the midst of some trial or some situation, we finally take our, our situation and turn it over to God. And it might be our daily wants, our daily concerns, our daily situations. 
but we give it to God. And he brings the peace. I've prayed for people around the altar when they're in spiritual battle and looking to be saved, and I will sense the peace of God come, and I know that I can stop praying at that point for them because they've got victory. We have to be careful that we have the peace of God, we've given it to God, but then we want to take it back. We want to own it again. I don't, why do we want to do that? I don't know. It's a thing we've, we do or can do. And we start saying, okay, God gives me the peace, I gave it to God. And then we're like, well, well, what about this? And what about that? And what about this? And what about that? What about this? What about that? As though we don't think God thought about those things. We have to be careful we don't pull it back. That we don't sabotage our own peace. God grants us peace, and then we sabotage it. Do we believe God can handle it? Sometimes we have to persist in prayer. And there's a battle going on. It's a spiritual battle where it's a, it's a battle, and we pray, and we pray, and we pray, and we, we've got to keep praying for it. And we fight for that battle. But then there comes a place when God grants us peace, and we know that, that God's got it. God hurt us before, but he's teaching us. He's helping us to learn. But there's a point when God brings the peace and say, I've got it, it's complicated, and you're just going to have to trust me. And he grants us some peace on it. We just have to be careful when God grants us peace on it that we don't try to take it back over and rob ourselves of our peace. I mean, we, we believe God can handle it. When God says, I've got it, he grants you the peace. He says, I've, I've got it. You've prayed about it. I've got it now. Do we not trust him when he says, I've got it now? That we've got to own it again? Maybe he'll have you persistent prayer. But if God says, I've got it, you've got peace. Maybe we need to leave it more with him. Put it in God's hand and leave it there. Instead of making a mess. See, the peace of God that passes our understanding, it says, will guard, will guard like a soldier guards our hearts and our minds. If we have that peace of God, that can guard our hearts, our, our inner being, and our thoughts through Christ Jesus. We have the opportunity of that kind of peace to live in that, that victory and accept that kind of peace. But if we prefer to handle it ourselves, then we don't get the opportunity at that peace. We need to cast our care off on the Lord and accept that peace. But you're not going to have it if you don't allow him to take it. And when he takes it and says it's okay if you don't believe him, then he's got it. We will have times we need to persevere in prayer. We have times when we have to battle in prayer. And we cry out to God and he hears our yearnings and our 
concerns, but when he grants us the peace, God says, I got it, and let him have it. I don't think we prefer to let things consume us, to rob us of our peace, to rob us of our gentleness, to rob us, to cause a joy, to rob us of our sleep. We don't want to have to live in fear. We don't need to fear tomorrow. We can trust in God and accept the peace he has for us. Let's read it again as we close. Philippians 4.4 Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be made known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Let's be standing together. We are thankful, Lord, for the great peace that you make available to us. May we cast our cares upon you. May we, in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make our requests made known to you. May we take advantage of your love, your grace, your mercy towards us. So that you might grant us your peace beyond understanding. Oh Lord, and when you say, I've got it, that we'll trust your word. That we can then cast gentleness and graciousness to those that are around us. Lord, for some of us, this might be a struggle. This might be a challenge. But teach us how to do it. Teach us how to pray. How to supplicate and pray in thanksgiving. To cast our cares to you. To persevere in prayer. And when the peace comes... Teach us how to accept it. Lord, that we might be that witness to those around. Lord, that we might break this cycle of sleeplessness, sleeplessness and worry and worry and sleeplessness. Lord, would you bring us healing to our minds and our hearts and teach us, the Lord, to premeditate to premedicate, as it were, through prayer as we go into the battles of life. We thank you for the peace that passes understanding that comes in that moment when we seek you and you meet us. Thank you, Father, for your word. In Jesus' name, amen.